This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew Apanov here and this is a new edition of the We Spin Recipes podcast as you could guess. And uh, today's guest on the show is Alexa Elrichman and uh, she is a co-founder of Music Gorilla. Music Gorilla is a marketplace for musicians where selected uh, music industry companies uh, post opportunities and any musicians on the platform can apply to them and as a result get signed to labels, place their music in uh, commercials, uh, TV, film projects and so on. Uh, the platform has been around for quite some time. They do a bunch of cool things like showcases and music conferences. They just did uh, a, a big one at South by Southwest. And uh, in this uh, conversation with Alexa, we just talked about the platform and uh, how they help musicians, how to have uh, higher chances to succeed on the platform as an artist. And uh, Alexa has shared a number of uh, interesting tips and uh, advices. Uh, this is a rather short interview. I keep experimenting with the format and uh, I hope that you like this one. If you want us to interview more founders of different uh, apps and services for musicians, please let me know by email or in the comments on, on SoundCloud or iTunes or whatever. And um, uh, yeah, we'll definitely Keep an eye on uh, interesting services to uh, to talk to, and just a little note: uh, as I already revealed in our newsletter, we may be missing some weeks uh, with releasing these podcasts uh, because I'm just trying to release all the videos in the Stand Above the Noise YouTube series. We owe you quite a few, and uh, I just really want to release them finally. And sometimes I just have to sacrifice a podcast episode. Uh, so be sure to keep an eye on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, it's uh, youtube.com slash forward dot music. And um, uh, you can watch the latest uh, video interviews that we've conducted at different music conferences over there. But right now, hope you enjoy the interview with Alexa from Music Gorilla. Hello once again, Alexia. It's really Hi. great to have you here on the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing well. And do you mind uh, me asking you this uh, somewhat banal question that I start most of my podcasts with? Uh, can you share a little bit on your background? Because today we are going to talk about your company. But first and foremost, I would like to learn a bit more on your background in the music industry. Oh, sure. So my background started with the entertainment industry. I used to work in film and television. I went to, I grew up in New York and I went to the high school of performing arts. If you've ever seen fame, that was my high school. And then I went to NYU for college. And when I graduated, I worked in film production. So I worked for people like Robert De Niro and Jane Rosenthal, his production partner. I worked at Miramax. And then I also worked freelance on various feature films. And then after uh, 9-11, I moved to Austin, Texas. And I worked on Spy Kids 2 and Once Upon a Time in Mexico for Robert Rodriguez. 
And then I met my future business partner and actually future husband. And he really wanted to help musicians. This was in um, 2003. And he really wanted to help musicians get the ears of the record labels at that time. Obviously, the music industry has changed a lot since then. But that was his goal was to, to help artists get heard by record labels. And I had a lot of contacts within the industry because of the people that I had interacted with, but also because of, of friends that I went to high school with. You know, I had friends who were the drummer for Hole and toured with Motley Crue. And then I had friends who, a lot of friends who worked in the music industry. Mm-hmm. So I sort of brought to the table the professional connections that we needed in order to start the company. So I've always been around very creative people, whether it was in music or in film, but I've always been on the business side of it, which is fine for me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm much more focused on business than I am on, I'm just not that creative a person. So the balance works out well. Awesome. And how do you end up uh, launching Music Gorilla? So we built the site ourselves. Music Gorilla was really launched from the ground up, you know, with, we were self-financed, we were went out and sourced everything and, and put every, all the pieces together. So we built the website and we contacted industry members that we knew and industry members that we didn't know in terms of, you know, just cold calling people mm-hmm. and asking them if they would be willing to use the site and receive material. We did compilation CDs for a long time. And so we launched with that purpose to get independent artists heard by record labels, or at least the opportunity to be heard by record labels. And of course, as the music industry changed, We've gone much more into licensing and placement, as well as other opportunities. We still have record labels who use our site regularly. And a lot of those contacts are still the same contacts from, you know, when we started the company. So that's the way we started. We brought in A&R representatives from Island Def Jam, from Hollywood Records, from Sony Music. And they started using the site to find new artists. And then we would put together these live shows that we would showcase maybe somewhere between six and eight artists and bands, and they would get feedback from the A&R representative that would be there to watch them. And we would take care of the expenses of bringing the A&R rep in and hosting them. And they would sit there and take notes and listen to the bands and give them feedback on everything from their songs to their look their stage presence. It's really, when we still do those regularly, it's, it's very insightful for the artists. And they play 45-minute sets, so it's not like you're playing you know, two songs and then they're on to the next artist. So the bands really loved that because it really it gave them really amazing constructive feedback that they wouldn't be able to get from a person at that level on their own. And a lot of people found it very helpful. So we still do those all the time. But now we do a lot more of other opportunities. So we also do film and TV placement opportunities for indie films, feature films, television shows, all kinds of stuff. Web series are starting to become more popular. And then we also do our showcases during South by Southwest, where we just showcased right around 50 artists during South by Southwest in Austin. So, and we do that every year as well. Yeah, that's an awesome, it's an awesome conference. We do that every year. So we do showcases all day and night all through South by Southwest music. And it's, it's always a success. We really enjoy it. Great. I really like that you, uh, you do these showcases. So it's not just the online world and uh, uh, you actually do the, the networking events and, and uh, let artists showcase themselves. And, and so it, I really like that part. And 
Speaking of the online platform, so mm. right now there may be someone listening to us and uh, like an artist, let's say, and someone who has not heard of music really in the past. Can you clarify who is it for speaking of the artist? So is it for artists we've uh, established the fan base or some other requirements in terms of the catalog? Do you have a message to an artist? just discovering your platform and uh, thinking if he or she should sign up at this moment? Yeah, absolutely. First, our goal is to offer opportunities for artists. So in whatever form that takes, in education or in, you know, placement or in showcasing, whatever it was. But we also, we're completely available. We have the, the best customer service of any company I know. You can call us, you can email us. We have a chat on the, the website. So if there are any questions or if someone feels that they're not getting what they expected to get out of the service, we welcome that feedback and we want the interaction with the artist. So when you said that it's not just online before, that actually speaks to our customer service as well, because we're completely available for the artists. Now, a lot of people don't take advantage of that and that's fine, but for the people who need it or who want an extra, an extra bit of advice or an extra bit of interaction, we can provide that as well. And then also that we have a free service. So You can actually sign up, test the service, see what's right for you. And then you can just remain a free member and your music is in the database and you can just submit to the, the opportunities that seem appropriate for you. Or you can upgrade to a pro membership and then all of your opportunities are included. So mm -hmm. it really, it's not a requirement. In other words, you know, people, and we don't take any percentage of any deals made on the site. So if you get placement, it's completely yours. Mm -hmm. so we really try to work with you know different artists that are at different places different levels and then that way they can use it for what they need do you mind uh, naming some numbers of maybe success rates on some opportunities or maybe just the amount of uh, opportunities out there available on the platform yeah sure we actually we're not a um we don't have massive opportunities on the site we really focus on quality opportunities so you'll see other sites that have thousands of opportunities, but a lot of them are things like internet radio play or getting blog features, which we believe are valuable. It's just not what we do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, currently right now we have about 15 opportunities on the site. We're about to start submissions for our next label showcase, which will be in New York this summer. Mm -hmm. And then we're about to open submissions for ESPN, which is always very popular. So that's what we've got coming up. And then probably starting as soon as May or June, we'll open up our showcase submissions for next year. So, you know, for South by Southwest, which is, which is very quick. But we, um, we take submissions early because we want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to submit. And of course, you know, we want the most time to be able to decide who's playing. So Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's good. I guess that the... The best uh, way to just figure it out is just to sign up for a free account and uh, look what's available inside. So I guess it's uh, this sort of call to action to an artist listening to this and uh, willing to take a look. So yeah, We also have the yeah. opportunities listed on the site before they even sign up. They can actually right. check out without a login or anything like that. And then the other thing that you were asking about in terms of successes, it's very interesting because, for instance, recently we've had... Artists that we've worked with, one artist just signed to Columbia Records, another artist signed to Danger Bird Records two years ago. We have artists that were just selected 
for featured on, on micro sites, micro licensing sites, which is like, if I'm as a person, I want to do a video montage, but I want music and I want to clear that music, then I can pay a small fee and use an artist's music. And the artist is getting paid for it as well, obviously. So we've, we've had a lot of things like that. But because we don't take any piece of deals made on the site, sometimes we don't even know when people get placement. Mm-hmm. You know, the industry member can actually contact the artist directly. And of course, we always ask them to let us know. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Right. So, yeah, and I'm interested in not as much in the success rates, even for I asked about this. It's all clear that, um, yeah, so companies can contact artists directly. That's perfectly fine. But have you seen anything specific in the artists who uh, seem to be more successful than the others besides the music that they create? themselves. So do you have any recommendations to other things that the companies may be looking at? Like uh, you've seen that artists with, uh, once again, established fan base, um, maybe more successful there, or just those who fill out the profiles very carefully, or just uh, act in a particular way. Is there anything like that? Definitely, definitely. I think that recording quality is important. For a submission for a television show or a feature film or a commercial, they want to just be able to drop the song in. So while recording quality for a record label to listen to is not as high of a priority or like, you know, if you're submitting a song for someone else to record. In other words, you know, if if you have a song that would be great for an artist to record, you know, then the recording quality isn't as important. But if you're looking for film and TV placement, recording quality is more important than a lot of artists think because they are not going to re-record it in order to use it. Mm-hmm. So that's very important. Artists that have a fan base, definitely desirable for certain submissions. Like uh, for a lot of commercials, they want artists that have some sort of buzz going on or some sort of, you know, some level of fan base or some level of release. In other words, they have a, a release coming up or they have, you know, something like that going on mm-hmm. yeah makes, um, yeah anything else yeah full profiles are great you know videos basically as much information as you can as an artist can provide is very helpful so full profiles with live videos official videos all that kind of stuff are very useful are there any genres that are dominant on the platform so far uh we really get requests for everything oh that was the other thing i should mention is instrumentals it's very good to have an instrumental version of your music yeah, so it's it's interesting and something is related to, to what I was about to ask is when I talk to someone about tips for sync licensing opportunities, so these comes the most often, so have instrumentals for your songs and for your music because, uh, yeah, so b- because if someone likes your music, they most probably will need an instrumental separately. Is there anything else? So it's actually a question that I ask professionals in the sync licensing uh, in the sync industry whenever I have a chance because um, there are some things that stay the same in terms of like the requirements and so on but there are some trends in this industry and uh, there are some things that may be changing over the years so have you noticed any trends in the sync licensing fields maybe you you see that maybe once again a particular genre is more popular or something else is there anything for musician that can be useful and applicable? Yeah, so I would say there are a couple things that I've seen recently. Like I said, always have instrumentals available of the music. And then 
sometimes they'll want the stems. So in other words, like less, they'll want to take down the one particular instrument or one particular track. And then the other thing that I've noticed is intros. In other words, they really don't want long intros on songs. Mm-hmm. They want to keep it short and sort of get to the meat of it, get to the hook, get to, you know, get to the meat of the song. So that's something else that's, that I've noticed more recently. Any particular increase in requests for electronic dance music? Uh, we do. I think we have a couple things for electronic right now. And that's a very big genre. We're, we're getting more and more requests for electronic dance music right now. And we're seeing more of it as well. And it's interesting because it varies a great deal in terms of what is what people are looking for and, and what they're trying to get out of that. Mm-hmm in terms of what the industry is looking for. Yeah, because electronic music is a very, it's not even a genre. It's its a, such a broad field. And uh, yeah, exactly. a lot of the listeners of this podcast, actually, electronic music produces. And uh, it just, there is a lot in it. And there are, yeah, some styles that are more applicable to commercial use than the others. And it's interesting to see if your music works for commercial by just even like signing up to you and seeing what opportunities are available, what kinds of requests the companies have. So do you usually have detailed briefs in terms of like what music is required for a particular project? We try to put out as much information as we have. So this comes up a lot because artists are like, oh, well, you know, I want more specifics. So we can only give you the information that we have. Sometimes, and this is another thing that I always suggest to artists, sometimes the industry posting the briefs will include tracks that are similar to what they're looking for or an artist that sounds similar to what they're looking for. And I highly recommend looking at those because then at least you have a a feel for the sound that they're in search of. But we do put out as much information as we've got. And most of them are at least genre specific if they're looking for specific genres. So that's somewhat helpful. But like, you know, we were just talking about electronic dance music and there's a company right now looking for pop instrumentals. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting is that something like that could be electronic dance music. You know what I mean? It's, It's just, that's what I mean by that genre is so broad. There are like so many things that can fit into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. So something uh, that is related, but a bit random still. So about something that happens after a company found an artist on your platform. Do you have any kind of recommendation or a tip in terms of uh, the legal aspects of sync licensing? Do you have any advice about uh, the contracts or types of deals? I do know that this question is broad, but Generally speaking, do you have any kind of advice for someone who is closing their first ever deal with a company, licensing their song for commercial use, for example? Yeah, definitely. Our biggest piece of advice for any artist that's about to sign a deal or is in the process of signing a deal is to have an attorney look over the contract. It doesn't matter if, even if you think that it's so simple, first of all, there are things in there that you may not realize, but second of all, there may not be things in there that you would want in there. Mm -hmm. And that's much more important. In other words, you know, you may not, as an artist, you may not be looking for residuals for the royalty clause or for, you know, things down the road that an entertainment attorney would know is uh, desirable and that you have the right to have. So we highly recommend having an attorney look over the contract. 
And we, we have a lot of entertainment attorneys that we work with that, you know, understand artists' budgets and, you know, they're willing to take quick looks at things for, you know, inexpensively. Mm-hmm. And uh, going back to what you mentioned earlier, I guess an artist can just uh, ask you if they have such a question and they are in Absolutely. need. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we, we're not attorneys. And I will always preface a conversation like that with that, that we, mm-hmm. you know, we cannot provide legal advice. But we have been in this business a long time. And so, you know, there are certain red flags that come up in an agreement in a contract that we would say, maybe you want to check into that, or maybe you want to ask about that part of it. Yeah. You know, even, even if we're not saying, no, you shouldn't sign that, or yes, you should sign that. But, you know, just maybe you want to take a look, or maybe you want to have someone else take a look at it. Got it. Yeah, that's a good tip. And I think it was... Uh... It's been uh, a detailed uh, overview of the platform at this point. Uh, Alison and we just want to check out the website and sign up. So I really appreciate all this information. Do you have uh, any additional advice for an artist that may not be related to what we've discussed? Anything else? Just... The only thing is, is that if an artist doesn't feel like they're quite at the point that they're ready to release their music or to put their music out or they don't have it recorded or whatever it is, I always suggest, you know, education, just reading. We have blog posts on the site about all different subjects. You guys do great blog posts and education and just get as much information as you can. And then in the meantime, connect with as many people as you can who are, you know, in the field that you want, that you want to look into. Educate yourself and network. So yeah. I really love yeah. this too. Thank you so much for all the information and uh, yeah. Me. Thank you. And this is it. You know what to do next if you got interested in Music Gorilla. It can be found at musicgorilla.com. And if you have any feedback, please uh, leave uh, a comment on SoundCloud. If you're listening to the show from iTunes, then consider leaving a review as well. And if you're not subscribed yet, I highly recommend you doing so, so you don't miss a new episode when it's out. Uh, subscribe at uh, SoundCloud or in uh, any app for uh, podcasts. You can just uh, look us up with been recipes. We've got some URL that you can use as well if you have any issues with that. Let me know via email andrew at wispin.co and uh, I hope that you like the series. Uh, if you have anyone you'd like to recommend for the show, let me know as well. And thank you so much for being with us. See you next week. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We spin-